Attention, all dog lovers. Welcome to Canine Educators to Save a Life. Lewis Pastor once said, chance favors the prepared mind. You'll hear motivational stories and learn life-saving skills to save the life of your dog. At Canine Educators, your host, Odie, helps you prepare for whatever life throws at you. Now, here's your host, author of Canine Medic, Eric Odie Roth. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Eric Odie Roth, author of Canine Medic, and I will be your host. We're going to dedicate this episode to a special 10-month-old dog named Andy. Now, Andy is a deaf, three-legged dog that has faced an incredible amount of challenges in her short life. Joining me in this podcast is one of my favorite people on earth. She has worked with horses since a young age, and she is a specialist when it comes to training protection dogs. She also does a great deal of decoy work and is involved in many dog sports. This guest of mine is also a former student, and after you hear this story, you will agree with me that she is quite amazing. Joining me from New Mexico is Sam Williams. Sam, welcome to Save a Life. Hey, Odie. Thank you for having me on. Sam, before we get into the story about Andy, catch me up on what you've been up to lately. I understand you just moved from Colorado, correct? Yeah, I moved down to Albuquerque about a month and a half ago. How is the COVID-19 pandemic down there? Well, uh, our governor is extremely strict. Um, there are lots of, lot, I'd say a lot more rules and regulations down here than there are up in Colorado. The statewide mask manda- uh, mandation is probably much more well enforced. But other than that, I'd say that the COVID rise down here, it's about the same. I'd say the people feel the same about it down here as they do up in Colorado. Yeah, we just hope that people can get back to what is considered normal here sometime. We all hope. So one thing with you being a former student, I guess, what would you say to somebody who is considering taking a canine first aid and CPR class? Uh, I'd say do it. If you have a dog, if you have dogs in your life, maybe relatives, uh, friends, if you ever stay over, watch anyone's dogs, if you're in the industry, um, there's no better thing than being prepared. As it says, being prepared can save a life. And it is very much so a, you wish you had it in a situation where you didn't kind of thing. And so why not? You know, if you've never been in a situation where you've needed canine first aid, then that doesn't mean you're not going to be, especially if you're surrounded by dogs, you own a dog, maybe you're super active with your dog. Overall, it's just general preparation. You definitely need to be prepared as a dog owner um, or somebody who loves dogs. And there's literally no reason not to. It's just extra knowledge in your brain that makes you a better person overall. You know, Sam, I know you and I talked earlier this week. You moved down there and you were looking at some of the alternative courses for canine first aid and CPR. And I think that you told that your boss, you were adamant that you get me down there. Mm-hmm. Um, why take, why, why me? Like, why take, why take a course with us? Well, so there's not a lot here in New Mexico. Um, I think there's only one other company that does it. And the, the reason why I would, you know, have you come down is because your course covers absolutely 
everything. I mean, it covers everything from, you know, extremely emergency situations where the dog has suffered severe trauma and you need to do more of like a quick trauma on the field kind of thing or long, slow things that you're able to diagnose or whatever it may be. For example, bloat. You're one of the only canine first aid seminars that I've ever encountered that even talks about bloat or has the necessary information. Um, And that's another reason why people should take your course over any other is because you provide perfectly understandable, you know, bullet pointed black and white information about every single thing that you talk about in a format that's easy to understand. It is extremely accessible to everybody that takes your course. Um, and all of the above. I mean, I just, I don't think that there's any other course that I've looked into or taken that provides the information and in the way that you provide it at all. Thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. And I can tell you that myself and all of our instructors, we have a great deal of passion and hope we do present that material like that. All right, Sam, let's get into Andy here a little bit. When did you first meet Andy? I met Andy when I moved down here, right when I started my job. She was being fostered by the woman I work work for. Her name is Lisa. Um, She was being fostered under Lisa, and uh, I just absolutely fell in love with her. So Andy is deaf and has three legs, right? Yes. Tell me more about that. When we got a hold of Andy, and by we, I mean the foster Uh, or the rescue organization. I'm Andy's current foster and uh, the rescue she's under is Bridges to Home. I'm here in New Mexico. And when we got a hold of Andy, she was about four months old and had just severe injuries to her back right leg. And we realized that maybe probably when she was about two to three months, we're not exactly sure, she got hit by a car. And they were able to save the leg by putting pins in it. uh, And it recovered well. I mean, she's a young puppy. It's an easy injury to recover from, right? Mm -hmm. Well, little Miss Andy went out when she was four months old and got hit by a second car. And she was picked up off the side of the road and dropped off at the shelter. Now, the shelter did not have... Uh, the necessary means to help Andy out, and they sent out a plea to the rescue, Bridges to Home, and Bridges to Home picked her up. Unfortunately, by that time, we don't know how long it had been, but Andy's leg had already healed all wonky, and there was absolutely no way for us to save the leg the second time. So by five months, she had an amputated leg. So we kind of, she, she was with my boss, Lisa, for a few months and Lisa's very good with dogs and she kind of looks at her and is like, "Mm, I think this dog is deaf because no one had really, Andy's incredibly good at paying attention to you. She's very focused on her people. So when, you know, you talk or you move, she looks at you and she responds accordingly, even though she can't hear what you're saying. So it's very hard to tell that Andy's deaf, but we realized very quickly that she is. She's almost completely deaf. So more than likely, her deafness is what caused her to roam out into the street and get hit by a car, unfortunately, twice. But uh, she's got all these things going on, but let me tell you, she's not incapable of anything. 
Wow, amazing. I tell a lot of people, yeah, I always have a special place in my heart for for three-legged dogs. And it seems like the ones that I have met, there's just something special about them. They're, they're so full of life. They're so full of energy. And I don't even think they know that they only uh, have three you legs. You can tell, Andy. I mean, seriously, she absolutely has no idea that uh, she's missing a leg. Um, I think other dogs notice more than she does. Let's kind of talk about her being deaf. How does somebody learn to communicate with a deaf dog? Well, that is an incredibly good question, Odie. Um, And I'm going to kind of get into a controversial topic. I communicate primarily with Andy via two ways. Number one, hand signals, um, like sign language. And number two, a remote caller. Um, And I'm not talking about a shock caller. I'm talking about a remote caller. Um, It is like low-level stim. For any of your listeners who have had a TINS unit, I don't know if you've ever, you know, gone to the chiropractor where they've done the TINS unit. Yeah. So that's that's what a remote caller feels like um, for those who don't know. And so it's low level stim. Her caller goes all the way up from one from zero to 100. And Andy typically works on about a six. So she's a very low level stim dog. Um, the average number for most dogs who work on a remote caller is 20. And it is the best tool possible so that I can communicate with Andy. When she's not looking at me, I can hit the vibrate button on the remote caller and she'll turn around and look at me. It's like an attention getter recall command. Now, when I use the stim, I use it, you know, as like a pressure. So if she does something naughty or does something that she's not exactly supposed to do, then I can, you know, use the stim to be able to communicate. Because how you'd communicate with your dog, and I'm sorry, you have a golden doodle or a labradoodle? Hank's a labradoodle. Ah, Okay. So when Hank does something wrong, you tell him no, right? That that is one of the things I say, yes. (laughs) So so one of the things, but verbally, right? You say, hey, no, knock it off. That's not what you're supposed to do. Um, I can't do that with Andy. So I have to be able to communicate with her in a healthy way. I could, and I hate saying this, of course, but I could hit her, but that would be absolutely unacceptable. That'd be inappropriate. And it's not a positive way to communicate a, you know, negative thing with her. When I have to deliver like a negative reinforcement, I need to do it in a healthy way. Like when she's heading for the street. Exactly. I think sometimes we take for granted. I have Hank trained to go out and get the paper from this from the edge mm-hmm. of the driveway, and I don't have to worry about him going into the street because I am able to verbally correct him. And I exactly. think that would be a huge challenge with the deaf dog. Mm-hmm. What does your day look like taking care of Andy? How many hours a day does Andy require care at this point? Well, Andy is currently on crate rest. Um, She's got a lot of medical issues going on that I can talk about later, but Andy's day is mostly, it's very limited. Um, She is out with me uh, overnight, so in the mornings we kind of just lay in bed together, we hang out. Um, While I'm getting ready, she's just out and kind of chilling. We go outside, spend a few minutes outside, Uh, and then Andy goes in a crate either in my car. She usually comes with me wherever I go. 
Um, she's a good, she's sitting right next to me and she just sleeps most of the day. That's most of Andy's day while I'm in lessons or while I'm training dogs or running errands. She's just, she hangs out with me. Um, or if I have a super busy day and I don't want Andy to be in the car most of the day, then I'll leave her at home in the crate in the nice cool air conditioning. When I get home or on my lunch breaks or whenever I have a few minutes, she comes out, we go outside, she hangs out with me, we train. Um, Andy's super fun to train. She loves to work. She loves to learn things. Uh, so we, we do a lot of training. We do a lot of cuddling. She's a very lazy dog. Um, she would much rather just uh, sleep all day than uh, do anything. So That sounds like a... It sounds like a perfect relationship. <laughs> yeah, she's a sweetheart. And uh but no, that's Andy's day. Most of the best way to describe Andy's day is uh lazy. There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm guessing there are many more surgeries scheduled for Andy. What does the next three years of her life look like? So our biggest thing right now, special thanks to Dr. Gruta, Gruta Veterinary in Santa Fe. He was able to take a few x-rays with Andy and talk to me about, in fact, I was seeing some physical issues with Andy. Her back leg that she has is failing, um, unfortunately. And he was able to pinpoint that, hey, yes, she has orthopedic issues in her elbow and her hip that will require surgeries within the next few years, but they're not orthopedic issues because she has orthopedic issues. They're orthopedic issues as a side effect from neurological damage and spinal trauma. So she has some, you know, neurological damage and spinal trauma going on. Unfortunately, we need special imaging, a special doggy MRI of her brain and spine that uh, we can only get at ANIC, which is the Animal Neurology and Imaging Center in Albuquerque. That is a $3,500 diagnostic MRI, and we will need to fundraise that money and get that so that we can, we're just able to see what our next plan of action is for Andy. But to answer your question, Odie, the next three years of Andy's life is going to look like she's going to have to do lots of physical therapy, um, lots of, I'd say she can do, you know, she does lots of physical therapy. She's going to be doing lots of uh, vet appointments, um, she'll definitely need an FHO and a TPLO. An FHO is a surgery to repair hip dysplasia, and a TPLO is a surgery to help their knee cap or their knee joint, um, elbow joint. So she'll need both of those things before she's two years old, and then um, just a lifetime of physical therapy and laser therapy, water therapy, hydrotherapy for the spinal trauma and neurological damage. One thing I forgot to ask, what breed is Andy? Andy is an American Pitbull Terrier. She is a almost positive purebred. Um, my boss, Lisa, breeds, raises, and competes with, raises and competes with um, American Pitbull Terriers, and Andy is just a spitting image. They're very popular down here in New Mexico. And um, she, I uh, showed Odie a picture of her, um, but for anyone who can't, see her of course she actually has cropped ears that someone when she was a puppy cut off with scissors mm -hmm. um so she's kind of a she's a cutie but she's kind of a 
misrepresented dog. Um, her looks are very misleading, I'd say. Yeah. So Sam, you touched on this. I know, I know surgeries do come with a price mm-hmm. and you are fundraising. What is the best way for our listeners to support you and Andy? Is there a website they can go to, to, to donate? Yeah, absolutely. The, if you guys want to donate, um, you, if you have PayPal, you can do, um, you can send donations to bridges to home at gmail.com. That is B as in boy, R I D as in dog, G E S two T O home at gmail.com. And you can just say, Hey, this is for Andy, um, or Andy's diagnostics or something like that. Uh, the, if you want to learn more information, um, you can reach out directly to Bridges to Home. They have a website and they have a email and all that. The woman who runs the rescue is named Marie. She is wonderful. She's working very, very hard with myself and others to get Andy's money raised for her tests and things like that. So, If you guys are interested in donating, that would be the best way to do it. If you want to learn more information about how to help, you can reach out to Marie or myself. You can get a hold of me. My email is S-A-L-M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, Williams at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to answer any questions about Andy. Great. Thanks, Sam. One thing looking forward in the future, I know you're fostering Andy for the time being. Can you describe what a forever home might look like for Andy? Absolutely. The only reason she's not currently up for adoption is because we don't know what's to come for her. So we want to prepare our uh, potential adoptees for realistically. But an ideal home for Andy is going to be someone um, or a couple who just has the time to be with her. She just wants to lay on your couch and watch TV all day. She just wants to sit and hang out with you while you're on your porch. Andy is a very, very low energy dog. Um, She has her spastic moments, but nothing that like a very, very short, mellow walk won't, you know, take out of her. She is just a cuddle bug. Um, my personal ideal home for Andy is a, you know, retired couple who just wants a buddy, who just wants, you know, somebody to hang out with, who has the time to go to her, you know, medical appointments or her vet appointments, um, who has the time to, you know, spend with her. Um, she is great with other dogs. She you know, when, when she has the energy, she loves to play with other dogs of all ages. So she can go to a home with another dog. Um, the only thing is they have to be very careful. Andy doesn't know her own limits and she gets too tired too quick or she'll be too sore the next day. And, um, we just need to make sure that we're keeping on top of her and, you know, telling her when it's time to stop. Sam, is there anything else you'd like to share about Andy that I have not asked you? Not really. Andy is just a very, very special dog. Um, she's special to me. She's special special to Lisa. Everyone that meets her um, immediately has a smile on their face. She just radiates positive energy and is just an incredible companion. She really is a, a light in a dark place. And anything that we can do to help her continue to spread positivity into other people's lives, I we, we have to get done. I mean, this dog is just a very, very special dog. 
So Sam, you don't know this is coming, but here is what all of us at Canine Educators want to do. We would like to support you in the care for Andy. And from now through the month of November, when a student uses a promo code Andy, we're going to donate 50% of all of our course costs back to you as a fundraiser. Oh my gosh, seriously? Yeah, absolutely. That's, ah, oh, that is so incredible. Thank you so much. Figure this is, a, we call it like a triple win. People get trained in canine first aid and CPR. People will be able to provide care to their dog in a time of need. They, they have confidence to provide that care. And most importantly, Andy gets to receive the care and treatment that she deserves. Wow. I, I really, I can't tell you how much that means to me, Odie. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. I would like to thank my guest, Sam Williams. And if you would like to donate or support our fundraiser, I will include the details in the podcast notes. As a reminder, we have two courses available online. The Dog Owner course covers 35 chapters and there is special attention to CPR, bloat, and poisons. We also have a pet sitters course that includes cats. With the COVID-19 pandemic, it is important to say that all of our courses are self-paced and they are done from the comfort of your home. Another bonus, students are also allowed to access our closed Facebook group called Canine Connect. Here they can ask questions with any of our instructors, gain knowledge, share opinions, and it's all in a friendly environment. When you join our Canine Connect Facebook page, you also have exclusive access to our monthly case studies presented by our veterinarian, Dr. Lisa Booth. For more information, visit www.canineeducators.com. On behalf of all of us at Canine Educators, we'd like to thank you for listening, and we hope that you like and subscribe. Until next time, never let fear be larger than your purpose. Thanks for listening to another episode of Canine Educators to Save a Life. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. Now, what are you waiting for? Get over to canineeducators.com and get certified in pet CPR. You too can save a life. Until next time, never let fear be larger than your purpose.